0: Welcome back to Section Two Forty Seven Sports. The goal line stand all football all the time. We are a sports talk Philly podcast. You can also hear us on Sports Wire Radio. I am Michael Lipinski. I am back from my cold induced vacation. I want to thank my co-host Brett for holding down the fort, going solo, a, a, an art form that I just can't, I can't figure out. So nice job by you on the football preview show, Mazel Tov
1: well thank you I, I missed you dearly uh glad you're feeling better um as I said it's fantastic to be a part of this but it's even more fun and more special when uh, I get to do it with you yeah I think you
0: have two we share a common brain
1: so yeah we have yeah, all... for 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 a good chunk of our lives
0: yes right that's so more often than not <laughs> it, it makes for it makes for a better show I did text you this morning in preview pre- of our program. And I'm quite frankly, I'm a little pissed off that you didn't respond to me. Uh, Rocky Five was on TV <laughs> and, and you left me hanging.
1: Yes. And I've been doing that also for the last 15 years or 20 years with respect to Rocky Five because you're the only person that likes it. It's a disgrace to the series. We, I'm sure in one of our platforms, we will get into this probably around Thanksgiving time, would seem most apropos. But Again, Rocky Five is a disgrace. Um, there's nothing else to it. It was awful. Everything about it was awful. There was nothing good about it. We'll get to that on another
0: program in the fight where you can uh, listen to wherever you find podcasts. Look, uh, you know what else was a disgrace? The Eagles offense this weekend against the san francisco 49ers and i say that in jest because that is what philadelphia sports radio has been about now for over 24 hours oh by the way this is the monday kickoff we are discussing the weekend that was in the world of football Uh, apologies for that if you're listening to this on like a wednesday you're like what the hell no this is monday this is the monday kickoff we are talking football back to the eagles one and one A very, very, very boring football game. But Philadelphia Sports Radio, they would make you believe that the Eagles got beat 52 to nothing.
1: Look, uh, so as I told you, I was watching the Red Zone channel primarily yesterday. So during the day, as the games were happening live, it just so happened the Red Zone channel, at least the one on DirecTV, I think I may have seen six plays from the Eagles game. But ever since then, I've re watched both highlights, I watched the game film. I know it's in a broad sense, if I was a Philadelphia Eagles fan right now, I would be encouraged with what, I, with what I'm seeing. Yesterday, of course, there's obviously deficiencies. I thought there were some serious coaching deficiencies at the goal line, that whole, the the entire f- um, four downs in the second quarter. Eagles should have been up 10-0, 10-3 at half. But, you know, all in all, you you hung in there with a very physical team. I I don't think the Niners are quite what I thought they were going to be, at least right now. But I still would say that the Niners are a good team, and you didn't play terribly. They didn't run you out of the building. So, all in all, I would be
0: encouraged. I agree with you. that The play calling, we can analyze Nick Sirianni's play calling. It it seems as though, and the argument was made, he went with the Philly special as a way to – Cater to the fans a little bit. Did he? Maybe. I I don't know. Sure. I always go back to, and we talk about it. It's like, keep it simple, stupid, right? Like, you're on a one-yard line. You have an offensive line that's probably your strongest offensive point from from a position group standpoint. Fall forward. Fall forward. And and you're right. Then it changes the equation. That makes it 10-0. You have the blocked field goal. That is what it is but it changes that whole game and it changes the whole outcome. The defense doesn't have to play lights out for 60 minutes because they feel as though they have to play lights out for 60 minutes. Otherwise the team won't win as a fan. I was expecting a lot worse. You know, I know that Atlanta is awful because we didn't talk about last week, but Atlanta is awful. Right? So You throw that one out. San Francisco's a very good team. They played really well against them. I'm still not sure what the Eagles are. I'm sure we'll have a a better idea in four, six, eight weeks. But I don't hate what I see. Are there things that I wish were different? Absolutely. But
1: I don't hate what I'm seeing. So to me here, I'm going to give you a number. And to me, this is the most telling number of the Eagles, at least offensively. 13. Do you know what that number is? Uh, 13
0: is that the number of penalties over the past two games
1: no okay it's, no. it's the number of rushes for Miles Sanders yesterday okay that's, that's... it's got to be I, I I said this in the preview and look I understand that Jalen hurts it changes the equation or it changes it a little bit because Jalen hurts is an effective runner he's not Lamar Jackson but he's a very effective runner to me, particularly with that offensive line and trust me as a giant fan I am very envious of your offense I'm envious of your backups
0: Whoa, don't worry we're going to get to that in a little
1: bit. <laughs> yeah I know so to me and I said this in the preview Miles Sanders has to turn into more of you know the, the workhorse give him 20 carries a game you control the clock more and look, I know it was tough because the Niners had two ridiculously long clock-eating drives that really changed the the whole dynamics of the game. You got to give Miles – you got to feed him the rock. Yeah,
0: I would agree with you that uh, whether it's Miles Sanders, wh- whether it's Gainwell, whoever it may be, Jalen Hurts. I like though, Gainwell too, by the way. I do. I do. I really do. And we talk about at length in this program. Anyone can go back in the archives and listen. A running back, running backs are a dime a dozen now in the National Football League. And again, we're going to get to that in a second here as we go up the turn play. I agree with you. The Eagles need to focus more on running the football, pounding the rock, being physical up front. Now, again, San Francisco, physical team. So it was a pretty even matchup. But it takes the pressure off of everybody else. You don't have to be as perfect if you're Jalen Hurts on the outside. Now, I didn't think he had a bad game. He didn't have a great game. It's a different dynamic when he's running the ball, too. Uh, I, I'm the, the jury's still out on Jalen Hurts, because the other question I have for you, we watch college football. We're Rutgers guys. We see a quarterback that has a noodle arm every Saturday, and we talk about it every Saturday, and it's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah. No. They did beat Delaware, but it was Delaware. Jalen Hurts' arm strength. Has always kind of been what people poo-pooed him about a little bit. I can kind of see what they're talking about. He doesn't have the zip on the ball. There was a couple deep plays where I don't know if it was underthrown because it was he didn't have the strength. Was was he rolling and he was throwing off balance? I haven't watched any. I haven't watched the coach's tape yet, so I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to break it down for you like all the other schmoes do out on on the Twitterverse, but you know it, it, it tells you something. His arm strength is it there? Is it NFL caliber?
1: Yeah, it's an it's NFL caliber. It's not look, he's not you're not gonna mistake his arm strength for Mahomes and Brady and Rogers, but he look, he I think you know who was the most effective quarterback with a noodle arm in our generation is probably Chad Pennington. He has a stronger arm than Chad Pennington. Okay, the out the 91 yard throw to Quez Watkins. Hit him in stride. There was air under it. I, I don't I think it's sufficient. That's that's how I would put it. It's sufficient.
0: So Eagles fans, there you go. This is coming from a Giants fan. You can you can cease worrying about Jalen Hurts' arm. I am interested in seeing how the Eagles hold up here. We have injury issues in Philadelphia. Let's start with Brandon Graham. That's gonna hurt from a leadership perspective. From a player perspective, I think you can have guys fill in. But he was certainly a leader. The one that's going to be real interesting is, is Brandon Brooks. Now, nobody knows what it is yet. The, the, as of us recording this, it hasn't come out. He's getting an MRI on today on Monday. Everything is kind of t- pointing towards a torn pectoral. I believe yeah. that would be four times in four years that he hasn't finished a season that he's gotten injured, which is a shame. Because he's a very, very good player, but he's not reliable.
1: No, he, he's not. But you so you are right. He is and he, he is a uh a supreme talent and when healthy, one of the top five guards in the league. And it's a shame. But uh I, I know you know some people may not want to hear this. Credit to Howie Roseman, credit to that front office. You have guys waiting in the wings that are gonna take over, and frankly, it, it would look like If, you know, unfortunately you're going to lose Brooks. Look, I think the Brooks injury, you're going to at minimum lose him for several weeks, right? So whether it's several weeks of the season, to me, I would think the number one person to put him in, to to replace him would be Landon Dickerson right now. And that's, to me, a benefit long-term because you're getting the kid ready to play, Now he's getting more experience, even though he is eventually going to be Jason Kelsey's backup. I think Landon Dickerson is a fantastic offensive lineman. So I don't even think you're going to lose that much. No
0: trial by fire is sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Eagles will go and face the Cowboys on Monday night football next week. We will talk about that on our football Friday show before we go up the turnpike. Let's make a quick stop in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, and our friend at the Paul's table, Anthony DePaul, the, the proprietor of that fine establishment, a modern Italian steakhouse, 70 Lancaster Avenue in Ardmore. And, I, man, they are getting all the exposure in the world right now. I, I couldn't be happier for Anthony and his team there. They're getting comedians. They're getting basketball players. They're getting all the write-ups in the world, and they deserve it very much so.
1: Yeah, they were named Top Five Steakhouse and the main line. Obviously, the main line has great eateries, but DePaul's Table is killing it. It's great to get a guy like Adam Sandler and other famous people. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy for for Anthony and please check them out again at Paul We're not. It's not at DePaul's Table. The website is DePaulsTable.com, 7 East Lancaster Avenue.
0: And if you need some glass in the Philadelphia Tri-State area, Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293. Tell them that we sent you. Giants fall to 0-2. And I'm sorry, that was one of the more boring football games I've ever watched on a Thursday night. And I don't know, maybe it was just because I was preoccupied with multiple different things. Yeah. But man, tough one, tough one for the Giants.
1: It, it it was very frustrating. Um, it was frustrating on multiple levels. And then on top of everything else, Dexter Lawrence was not off sides. So the Giants actually should have – the Giants should have won for multiple reasons. But at the end of the day, Dexter Lawrence was not off sides. Should have never gotten to that. But I think the real deflating thing is even before Sunday's games, I'm sitting there thinking – the Giants are 0-2, and basically, pretty much I the, the season's over. It's done. Because of what I saw. Now look, to his credit, Daniel Jones had a better game. And I know you're probably inclined to play the Daniel Jones tripping thing. He did no. not trip. He did not fall down. 95 yards on a TD. You, ha- you can't
0: play the trip. You can't play the that call if it wasn't a if it was if it's not a funny ha thing.
1: Yeah. And it was just more, I mean, the refs, uh and, and I think you would admit that was a terrible call. Uh, there was no holding on that play.
0: I don't NFL officials, football officials as a whole right now. And I say, this is now a retired official. So you can take your code and shove it. I. It's not, it really, it's not that difficult. And when I say this, it's. I feel like things are being overly complicated. You see it in multiple games. You see it in the in the Giant game. You see it in the Eagles game with the helmet-to-helmet hit. We have all this technology. I, you saw it in the Seattle game with the the, the, the the maybe safety, maybe not. And you have Dean Blandino and all these guys coming out saying, well, we don't have a camera down the line. Why not? Why not? Like, we live in this world now. I'm not saying a coach should challenge everything, but when it comes to key moments – People are watching this on like sixty-four monitors up in on Park Avenue in New York. If you say something, buzz down, slow the game down. You got to get it right. It, yeah. it, you have to get it right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so that was a bad one with respect to the Daniel Jones touchdown, which eventually turned into a field goal. There was obviously the Darius Slayton drop, which you you just you have to catch that ball. I'm sorry. Then earlier in the game, Jason Garrett is in love with reverses and he likes doing them right around the 30 yard line going in and we consistently lose about eight yards per play. And at that point, it ruins the drive, cost us points because we always end up having to punt the ball. It was just incredibly frustrating. We lost probably our most consistent offensive lineman, Nick Gates, who had his leg snap and Saquon Barkley broke one run, but he was chased down by a defensive lineman, so it's clear that his speed is not quite there. Our first-round pick, Kadarius Tony, is nowhere to be found, and he's already starting to cause trouble on Instagram. Defensively, you and I could uh, create a better pass rush than anyone that the Giants have, which is making their best part of their defense, their defensive secondary, exhausted because nobody can cover someone for four to five seconds. It doesn't matter. And you're making Taylor Heineke look like Sonny friggin' Jurgensen. That is
0: uh, about as the best way to describe it, as anybody can. I got to ask you a question. You mentioned Saquon Barkley, obviously coming off a very, very bad injury. Yeah. There, Here's a tweet that was floating out there, and I don't know who actually tweeted it. I can't give them credit because I only see half of it. Yeah. But it's an interesting argument from Giants fans, and I want to get your take on it. Saquon Barkley was not worth the number two overall pick. He was simply a desperate pick to try and win one last time with Eli.
1: That's, that's absolutely correct. Because at the time, the thinking, if you, if we go back to 2018, it was try to go one more time with Eli. They remember the first thing that Dave Gettleman, the putts of East Rutherford, yes, the title is back. Uh, The putts did was gave Nate Solder, made Nate Solder the richest left tackle in the league and we see that he's still getting beat. There's the there's the infamous meme now from the last week. Did you see the the meme, Mike, of Nate Solder blocking one of the other giant offensive linemen? It, it was very good technique. I was, that was that was his best technique all season. Unfortunately, it was he was blocking another. I I, I couldn't see the number, but he was okay. blocking the guard.
0: Yeah, if I'm going why to- the
1: By the way, why is the guard completely turned around? I don't know. Maybe they thought it was one on one drills. I don't what know. a shit show. I, I mean, come on. So, yeah, back then it was okay, let's retool. But again, go back to 2018. 2017. You sucked. It led you to pick second in the draft. Why on earth would you think that adding just a running back, albeit a, a tremendously talented running back when healthy? Why was that going to put the team over the top? It wasn't. It was flawed from the beginning. If you didn't like any of those quarterbacks, trade down, get a Quentin Nelson, build blocks for the future. Saquon Barkley, I think, again, tremendous talent and a tremendous, a great guy, great teammate. I have no issues with him. But it was completely pointless for that pick. I wouldn't even resign him. At that, I think you need to trade him because you can't just let him walk out the door. All you're gonna get is a third round compensatory pick. Trade him now, build assets for the future. Name the last Super Bowl winning team that had the best running back in the league.
0: We, we talked about this a while back, meaning maybe a year back. We talk about this
1: all the time, like every few yeah, weeks.
0: But who did we come up with? Was it? I think Marshawn Lynch. Yes, been, I was going to say Seattle. So I was actually thinking, was it uh, what's his face from way back,
1: Sean Alexander?
0: Sean Alexander wasn't they the win. Think, that's right, they didn't win. So that wouldn't. So that yeah, that wouldn't count. Hey, running backs are. I said it about but, my. Who Alexander did the sometimes. Eagles
1: win the Super Bowl with? LeGarrette Blunt, Corey right. Clement. Right. Right. The Giants right. won two Super Bowls with a fourth round pick and as in a seventh round pick. And Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw. You don't need to. And, again, great guy. Love When he's healthy, he is fun to watch. It hasn't turned into one win. He has not been the reason the Giants have won once since he joined the Giants. And I don't even think they have 10 wins since then, maybe 11. So, Bad.
0: Not as bad as the Jets, though, if we're going to talk bad in the same stadium. Zach Wilson off to a a fiery start for the New York Jets. Uh, Not the savior.
1: Well, look, I I mean, I guess you need to hold them to some level of standard because of the fact that the the, the team is not – because you gave away Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold looks to be doing very well in Carolina. But he's a rookie he's got to learn so, you know I, I, I'm I don't yet I'm not ready to throw in a towel on Zach Wilson, but that that was an ugly performance. But you also have to remember uh go back two years right when Sam darnold played the Patriots and that was the infamous game where he said he was seeing ghosts. So you know I would not want to play a Bill Belichick defense for my second ever professional game and my home opener. So there's that too.
0: I guess that's a fair point. Before we move on to Pittsburgh, uh, let's talk – since we're going to be talking shit, let's talk Dallas Cowboys real quick. Dallas Cowboys a week ago against Tampa Bay, high-powered offense. They looked, Offensively, they looked scary. Defensively, obviously, a lot of points were put up on them. They win 20-17 to over the Chargers uh, in front of new Chargers fan Ben Simmons. What a fraud that guy is. Uh, can't get out of Philadelphia quick enough. but what's your take on the Cowboys? Like I don't want to give them credit because we're not a fan of theirs, but they are probably the class of the division right now.
1: Yeah, they're they're the most talented team in the division and the thing that I, I get as a giant fan, I'm already <laughs> I'm already seeding the race. So for the Eagles and Washington, have fun. Um, to me, what worries me the most is you're starting to see younger players on that defense step up. Now, they lost to Marcus Lawrence for a significant amount of the season, potentially the whole season. And what do they do? They took Micah Parsons, who is an inside linebacker, and they just lined him up at defensive end. And he was disruptive and had an excellent game. Trevon Diggs is starting to play very well. So you have younger guys on that defense that are starting to, I'm not saying that they're going to be a top five unit, but I think that their defense is going to improve, and that's a very good offense. Micah
0: Parsons had not played defensive end since his senior year of high school. Yeah. And this is the first time, so in what, you're talking five years now, four years, that he does and he he is disruptive. The, The one good thing is, Mike McCarthy really can't coach himself out of a paper bag so you do have that element still yeah that he is still on that sideline we mentioned shit they call pittsburgh shitsburg sometimes personally i from a pirates and a Steelers perspective i don't mind them uh penguins screw the penguins there is a video i don't know if it's a video it's definitely a tweet that is running around of a gentleman uh asked hanging out pantsless in the bathroom of Heinz and he is washing his poop off of his pants and I sent this to you you saw it elsewhere everyone's sharing it and you're like man the guys smart he's probably the smartest guy
1: there because at least he's cleaning it up right yeah I well first off is it confirmed that he was also th- washing the underpants I don't
0: know that it was or it wasn't but he and we couldn't tell because his jersey was covering everything thank yes, god thank god uh, here you're in the stadium though and i've been there i've yeah. been to heinz field they have a, a store there wouldn't you just say well oh, shit forget the pants i'm just gonna go to the team store and buy a new pair of shorts or long pants or something like that and wear something fresh
1: well how are you gonna you're gonna walk around with the the shitty pants he walked from his seat wherever he. We
0: himself, don't know the where the de- we
1: don't know where the defecation occurred.
0: That is a good point. Maybe he just couldn't get to the toilet. See, that's when you have to treat it like Veteran Stadium and just find yourself a good sink,
1: <laughs> or treat it like Franklin Field. Just treat it, you know, find yourself a good wall. Yeah, you get the trough you, you, and, and you go. <laughs> I give the guy credit for. I'm
0: sure they were an expensive pair of jeans. Otherwise, you wouldn't just. I thought it was khakis. Oh, was it khakis? So wait a minute, this guy was wearing khakis and a
1: jersey? Now we got a whole separate issue. Well, uh, so all right, th- I think it needs to be a team approach. Text someone, "Hey, go run to the store, buy me whatever kind of pants or shorts." But I think one of the key facts we don't have is where did the defecation occur? Now we do know scientifically when you're when you have to go to the bathroom, it gets far more intense as you near the toilet. So if there was a line, I'm guessing the defecation occurred in the bathroom and the pants, the cleaning of the pants was a panic move. That's what I think went down.
0: Permani brother sandwich will make you do that. So I can completely understand. Now here's the other thing. So credit to him for cleaning the pants, right? Let's forget about the underwear. If you have to, you can just go, you know, you go commando. But now yeah, I would it. throw out
1: the underwear at that. Point.
0: Yeah. Underwear are gone. Underwear are gone. <laughs> it's gone. Now, so the underwear are gone. But now, do you have to go stand in front of the hand dryer for like 10 minutes and dry the pants? Or do you put them on wet? Because that eh, can't be comfortable.
1: What can't be comfortable? Wet pants? Wet pants. I would agree, particularly if you're going commando. But, you know, I would think, what, three rounds of the hand dryer and you're good to go. Now, I don't think anyone's going to be standing near that guy because it's also going to be blowing around everything else. That That is true. Uh, except
0: for the guy that took the picture. So, yeah. hey, credit to the guy for, for making it work. Shame on his friends for not getting him a pair of pants from the team store. I, I, I don't know.
1: I, all I know is they need to disinfect that one uh, sink.
0: Yeah, I think that. Well, that's probably the least of their worries. Uh, speaking of shitty situations with quarterbacks, let's go to Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, uh, the latest and greatest as of us recording this on Monday afternoon, is he has two ankle sprains. Uh, one high, one low. They don't know how long he's going to be out. This directly affects the Philadelphia Eagles and any future draft compensation. Oh man, this guy, I, I that's all I can say. How do you get a high and a low? Was the high and the low at the same time? There is a play I was watching NFL Network where he gets rolled and I'm guessing it's I, apparently on
1: different legs. So Oh, to it's me. on different legs.
0: Yeah, so to me, though, that so makes more
1: like, sense. I didn't think you could get a high and a low on the same leg. Well, doesn't that even it out though? Shouldn't
0: you be able to play then?
1: Oh, you mean so like the high ankle sprain would actually improve the status of the low ankle sprain? Yeah, it can- cancels each other. You have two bad legs, you're fine. So by that name, so by by that logic, if I were to like break my wrist, if I separated my shoulder, I'm totally okay. Sure. <laughs>
0: Carson Wentz goes down. Two attack by Loa goes down. We have Andy Dalton going down. He doesn't blow out his knee over in Chicago. We have a whole bunch of quarterback chaos. Tyrod Taylor, poor guy. At least nobody stabbed him in the lung this time. It's just a hamstring. Quarterback chaos in the National Football League. Where does this where does Cam Newton
1: fit into all this? He's out there. Well, I don't think, I, I, I don't see him going to Miami. I think they'll just ride with Jacoby Brissett. And if they have a bad year, so be it. I To me, now I'm even further convinced Deshaun Watson will be going to Miami at some point next year. Because Tua, there's issues regarding play. There's issues now regarding um, his, you know, the stability, his health. Moving forward, there's always an injury. You know, even before he hurt his hip, remember the last few years, he kept hurting his ankle. The guy's never healthy, so to me, it's a serious problem. I, I don't, I, I really don't know where Cam Newton goes because Chicago, if there was an extended, you just have Justin Fields. Why would you need to sign Cam Newton? Houston, no. they want to see what they have in Davis Mills. Oof. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather see what you have in a th- in a third-round pick? Let yeah. him play the year. Yeah. You're going to be terrible probably, anyways. You're going to yeah. get draft picks galore. Why would you want Cam Newton? So
0: Carson Wentz
1: goes out. He goes out with,
0: a, a, with his double leg or whatever he has going on there. That's it, it, a six, eight week. Normally a high ankle sprain is what? Six, eight weeks, generally speaking. I thought it was more like two to four. All right, well, so let's call it it a month, right? Let's call it the next four games. If there's no complications, if he doesn't go around someone that he shouldn't be again, is that a place? You already have one unvaccinated quarterback. Why not bring in another one?
1: I was going to say, to me, that probably makes the most sense, also particularly from an RPO perspective. Uh, I, I think that the style of play, that would make sense. I don't know how thrilled Frank Reich would be to bring in yet another unvaccinated quarterback. But then again, at least you'd have one that is able to play, as opposed to Carson Wentz, who currently cannot. Maybe Cam Newton can just go get
0: one of those fake vaccine cards that are apparently floating themselves around the National Football League. It shouldn't come as a surprise that that is occurring. But I will say with one caveat, NFL security. Look, we always go back to the guy in Seattle, right? That snuck that snuck the chicken dressed as the coach, complete with the headset and all that stuff. And we that, gotta and,
1: get that guy on the show.
0: Yeah, we really do. We Although I him. don't
1: think he would like our questions.
0: No, but it's it's very <laughs> it's very deserving of it. NFL security from the National Football League down, I mean, from, from New York down, these are ex FBI guys, these are special agents. This isn't just like oh, I hired Atlas security from the ECW arena to come make sure stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, this is very very smart people that could probably be involved in federal government because that's where they came from that are involved in this league are one or two going to sneak through sure Uh, it's not that's not a shock but the way this comes off is that many 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 players have it and it's a well-known thing around the nfl
1: so i think you raised two points first being because of the security apparatus or abilities of both the league and the respective teams, this should easily, you could easily snuff this out and determine who is using fake vaccine cards. Second point you raised, if this is something that is now tolerated and accepted by franchises, now you have another problem. To me, if I'm the league, I well, unfortunately, you're gonna because of the collective bargaining, you're gonna have to go to the NFLPA president. You're gonna say, "Look, we need to demonstrate and authenticate the vaccine cards of each player." And if you then determine that there is a team or several teams complicit in some kind of scheme where there are people with fake vaccine cards, I'd lay the hammer on those teams, draft picks, fines. I think it would only be, you know, you can't cost, you can't have them forfeit games, but if there are, but again, you know, you're putting other people at risk for people who went so far as to get the vaccines, employees, things of that nature. So I would drop the hammer if, 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 if in fact there is a team or teams out there that have some kind of scheme like that. Do you give them, I'm not going to say a pass first, but do you say, look, We know
0: what is going on. We are going to be checking these vaccine records on next Tuesday. If for any reason you think that your vaccine records are going to come back faulty, we suggest you at least get one shot kind of deal. So that way, God forbid someone big, someone in the league of a name is doing this and it, it bringing the hammer down would be really detrimental to the look of the NFL.
1: No, I, honestly, I, I I mean, maybe you say I'm just I'm just picking a team. OK, so because we just talked about the Colts. So, again, I'm not I'm not alleging the Colts did it. I'm just using this hypothetically. Let's say it turns out the Colts had fake vaccine cards. I go to the Colts and be like, look, we've determined that there's fake vaccine cards. There's a lot we've, we found out through evidence that you had a scheme or you've been complicit in this conspired whatever. Uh, right now, we're just fining you. You have because I, I don't think you can give them a pass, or because look, you can't also say, I, I wish you could, I wish you can just mandate it. We can't yet mandate that players be vaccinated, so you, you can't really rectify effective. the situation. Well, I, the,
0: the NFL, you can't because of the NFL, yeah, bargaining. that's what, yeah.
1: So, I would say immediately there's a fine. Um, if you don't bring for we need all the information regarding what is actually the case of each person who is not vaccinated if you do not provide us with that information uh within 48 hours we start taking draft picks in multiple years because this is this is beyond just cheating because it also it so this it is part cheating right but this is also a public safety issue so to me this is draft picks for several years. That's how I would
0: do it. It's going to be something to keep an eye on. If, <laughs> if they say it is a, an epidemic of a pandemic. I don't know. I, would, what would
1: you, It's all right. So if, if you had to guess, give me a percentage. The total players in the NFL, how many have fake vaccine cards that demonstrate that they've been fully vaccinated? I don't know. I, I, I'm. It's going to be ignorant to say that there's none. 10%. Okay, and then the second question: Do you think that there is a team that is that is conscientiously and willfully turning a blind eye? To I'm it? sure,
0: depending on who the player is, yeah, there's multiple teams.
1: Yeah, that's. What if, if, I, if I'm Goodell? I authenticate every vaccine card.
0: Oh Yo, yeah, you you have to you have to do you got to go forget the card. That's where it comes back to the QR code. Like the rest of the world is going to because you can't in legally i mean you can do it you can hack a system but you're going to jail for a long long time if you do that but that's neither here nor there uh yeah look hey it's 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 something to keep an eye on here because someone's going to get popped yeah and it's going to be a name and i'm interested in seeing what the nfl actually does about
1: it yeah it's it's ridiculous that it's occurring but nevertheless
0: It's not a it is not occurring in the world of college football because you know why you don't have you have to be vaccinated on most campuses to actually attend school. That's not all of them, but that's most. Let's talk a little bit college football. Let's venture in to the top twenty five. A couple things here that stood out. Well, let's start outside the top twenty five, real quick. Real quick, UConn, the worst fans in the history of college football. You are getting what you deserve. You got smoked by Army, and they were throwing the ball. I think they threw the ball seven times. Congratulations to the Black Knights of the Hudson. A very, very deserving win. I would have put up 82 on those pricks, like Camden Catholic did to Bishop Eustace.
1: Well, that's a separate discussion, but that uh, with respect to UConn, uh, I'm in agreement. That's a very bad fan base. We got spat on. Uh, we, we, I think we're, we're now mentioning this every week, <laughs> but the I, this might be one of the worst teams in Division One FBS history. It's getting to the point where I think they need to seriously consider either folding or dropping down to the FCS level. Some, of, but I, I don't know how you would do that because you're part. Well, what 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 conference are they in in basketball they're part of the big east they're they went back to the big east Yep. so i guess football wise you could easily go back to well then the problem is who would you go to in one double a or fcs you go because you go to the patriot you go to yeah but would they only would they accept a school for just one sport the
0: colonial would because i think there's there's not a crossover for basketball you got schools like Villanova's in that conference, and they obviously play in the big east for all. Yeah, the that's true. Sports. That's so true. that would probably be the 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 one. That makes sense. That makes sense. But hopefully sense. they don't do that. I want them to stay at division one level and just get smoked. I want them to be on the Rutgers schedule every week. Let's talk, let's go through the top 25. What stood out to you? One of the games to me was Nebraska, Oklahoma, Nebraska almost winning it, but not so much.
1: Yeah, I I I have to say to me, this was more and i'm sure now nebraska fans i think can take like uh, can view this as a moral victory but from an oklahoma perspective you know you you struggled against tulane in the the quote unquote home opener even though it was a tulane home game technically but due to the hurricane it, there was a relocation of the game now you're struggling against nebraska spencer radler who was considered one of the top quarterbacks and a preseason heisman favorite not playing very well I would definitely be worried if I'm Oklahoma. The, the, the problem is, well, not the problem. I get the benefit for Oklahoma is right now they're in the Big 12, which is not a very good conference. So we may see an undefeated Oklahoma team eventually just get smoked in the first round of the playoffs. I'm actually hoping that they lose at some point so that the college football playoff committee can just push them to the side because they're not, it's just not, a. it's, it's a flawed team. I'm, and I'm surprised because they also have some nice defensive pieces, and they're just not they're not playing well right now.
0: Sticking in the top in the top three, so
1: Alabama, Florida,
0: looked like it was going to be a laugher early on. Turns out to kind of be one of those SEC instant classics. I'm, I don't want to say I'm surprised that Alabama won, but I was surprised at what Florida was
1: able to pull off. Yeah, to me it looked like one of those games where Alabama got up fairly big quickly and then just took their foot off the gas. And Florida, to their credit, hung in there, kept uh, you know chopping away to to use a Rutgers term, and definitely got obviously. I mean, it, it almost tied it up with a two point conversion and made it a very close ball game. Florida's good, like Alabama when they're on; they it's the best team by far uh, to me. The only, really, the only other team I think that can compete with them is Georgia, and we're gonna see it in the SEC championship game, and then probably see it again in the college football playoffs. That's what I think so far, but it it was definitely an entertaining game. Uh, You know, the swamp is, it's a great atmosphere. So fun to watch. I always enjoy those uh, CBS afternoon games.
0: Penn state defeats Auburn in a whiteout game. It was a good game. you know, I don't want to say this. I don't want to come off as sounding like a Penn state hater, but I thought they should have done a little bit more than they did against Auburn. This wasn't like uh, the number one team in the land coming into happy Valley. This was a, a sub, this was a Penn state team that should have been far superior to than actually winning by eight points. Uh,
1: So I think in general, Penn state was the better football team, which was evidenced by the fact that they, they won. Um, also Mike we want to talk about bad refing I mean <laughs> two examples of that with with side, the Penn State game first the fact that Penn State punted on third down that was a disgrace and then later on there was that fake punt where it was clear that uh forward uh, momentum had pushed the guy past the yard to gain and they what for whatever reason it, it, the the whistles had not even blown. And they marked it short. I was okay with it because I'm not a Penn State fan, but that was it. Almost looked like those SC, that SEC crew what had it in for Penn State
0: on on the counting thing. So I've been part of a game where that has actually occurred, and I uh, whoever was uh, whoever jumped in from ESPN uh, said the you know whoever their official guy is was like yeah they have to stop this if someone sees that something's wrong. Look, they have they have they're communicating. People yeah. don't think they're talking, but they have microphones. So yeah. you're talking back and forth. I'm sure someone was like, look, I have a three on my on my handband. Why is it say four? Because I've been on that end, and I've been talked down. And I'm like, look, I, we'll come to a consensus here. I think we're wrong, but yeah. we'll come to a consensus. Again, but in high school, we don't review that. College football, you could say timeout and be like, we want to take a look at this real quick. Just yeah. do it. Uh, there's been college football has been beat up by the targeting rule, which is, I, I have an issue with it, it's just, it, it's maddening where this is going in, in college sports. Particularly. Yeah.
1: But so going back to the game in general, uh, to me, I think if I'm a Penn state fan, what I'm encouraged about is you, you played an sec team and you ran with them. That, that's always been the biggest issue when any big 10 team plays the sec team is you're going to lose the track meet. And you definitely did not. I think it helped being at home. Look, it's the, the whiteout is one of the cooler environments in all of college football. And also, I think being on grass, and that's thicker grass, helps slow down an SEC team. So there's that, too. Uh, yeah, Auburn, you know, it's first year with the new coach. They're finding their way. Not a huge Bo Nix fan. Uh, so, But, again, okay, look, good win. Um, it, it's, look, like every year with Penn State, it's going to come down to – whether or not they could beat Ohio State, and then at that point, I, I think you're going to have a very tough Iowa team. I think waiting for you in the Big Ten championship, but to get there, you still got to beat Ohio State. That's the problem. Uh, but I, I think Ohio State is very beatable. You know, they they didn't even look that great against Tulsa, and, and Tulsa has not won this year. I mean, they won 41 to 20, but it it was not pretty. It was it an ugly was 41 to 20.
0: Yeah, it was forty-one to twenty, but it was not. It was a lot closer than than that score. Anything else from around the top twenty-five uh peak your interest this week?
1: Yeah, you know, look, Notre Dame still struggling along, even though they're undefeated. I think that I believe is it this week is their game against Wisconsin. I think that's this week in Chicago, correct? Yeah, which I, I, I hate that. To me, I I can't stand, and look, Notre Dame because of the cachet, because of everything else they're able to negotiate that. And I know that's a reason why they didn't play Rutgers because they demanded that it be up at MetLife and Rutgers like, no, you want to play us, come, you know, to SHI stadium, whatever it was called at the time. But to me, I would, this is a home and home. Why can't you just have a home and home in Wisconsin and Notre Dame, two of the better stadiums, two of the great college football atmospheres. Now we have to have, I hate neutral site games. One of the shows, solo shows I did, I was complaining about the the neutral site games. I mean, when you had Georgia and Clemson, can you, I mean, between the hedges and Howard's Rock, it doesn't get better than that. And you're having it at a Bank of America stadium in Charlotte. Very nice stadium. Charlotte's a beautiful city. Doesn't matter. There's nothing, it just takes away from it. And to me, it's very frustrating. But that's gonna be a good game. I I, I like Wisconsin there. I, I'm not yet a full believer in Notre Dame. we'll, uh, we'll, get,
0: we'll get to that on Friday. That's the yeah, football okay, Friday okay.
1: show. Okay, we'll we just, gotta, just to let you know. Uh, we read a little breadcrumb there. The Fighting Ship Kellys uh, came back to Earth, lost to Fresno State. That I thought that was of note. Then West Virginia, to their credit, having a decent season, knocked off Virginia Tech. Uh, Coastal Carolina is still barely undefeated. Uh, barely beating Buffalo, 28-25, then BYU looks pretty good, knocked off Arizona State. I'll tell you, you want to know what team I really like, and this is not for next week just in general? I think Ole Miss. So Ole Miss knocked off Tulane 61-21. That offense is like a juggernaut, and I think it is very – I think particularly when they play Alabama – Alabama struggled with them last year. And I, you know, I think that could be an upset game whenever they play. I haven't looked; at, it's not this week though. So, and then Miami lost at home to Michigan State, which was of note.
0: Michigan State going to be interesting. It's see how they kind of Big Ten as a whole, a lot of ranked teams. It's going to be certainly interesting. Yeah. On that note, we will be back for Football Friday. You can listen to this program anywhere you find podcasts uh, at GL Stan Show on all social media, SportstalkPhilly.com, SportsWire Radio. Go get some food at DePaul's table. You need glass. Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293. Tell them Mike and Brett. Brett sent you. And we will see you on a football Friday.